Good day to all you wonderful human beings, people, lovers, non-lovers, just, you know, everybody around the world, and welcome to this special Valentine's edition of the podcast. Now, I've never been a major Valentine's Day fan, like I'm usually the type of person who likes to get flowers on like Friday the 13th, like some really eerie, dark, like maybe black and red roses yeah i'm a tim burton fan so but anyways um it's not just in the sense for like romantic love though right i mean valentine's day can be seen as something just for relationships for lover relationships but i think it's also for all relationships you all know how many times i've said that if we had more love in the world it would be such a more beautiful place which is why i decided to do this episode as with the last year being more than challenging, we'll say. It's clear in my eyes, and I can only hope in yours that more love is exactly what we need, actually. For the purposes of this podcast, however, I will be focusing on romantic love, and more particularly on the search for it. How difficult has it been to meet people romantically in the last year, for all the obvious reasons? Not only is it difficult to go up to someone with the whole physical distancing and bars and restaurants and being closed and etc. But getting the actual connection and intimacy with this pandemic going on? I mean, I'm personally very new to the dating scene and it really isn't obvious. So what does dating in COVID mean? And how do we find connection in such strange times? At the onset of the pandemic, experts were saying that people living alone will be amongst the hardest hit by the emotional effects of the coronavirus. And there were already articles in March of 2020 that were talking about a surge of activity on online dating apps. However, dating in general, as time progressed, has in fact decreased. And many say that it's due to financial constraints as well as, you know, as well as job losses and, you know, some types of um, always restrictions because of you know not wanting to be in contact with people because of the virus but some types of dating services however have seen a surge in business one of which is montreal-based dashing date founded by dating expert and matchmaker kavita ajwani kavita has been featured in the new york times and cosmopolitan magazine She's the resident dating expert on Breakfast Television in Montreal and has had multiple appearances on Breakfast Television Toronto and Vancouver. Global News Montreal and Toronto and countless other reputable and established media outlets. Wow, isn't that cool? Well, guess what? She's here with us today to talk about dating in COVID in light of upcoming Valentine's Day. So without further ado, let's hear it from Kavita. I hope you enjoy this episode. So hi, Kavita. Hello, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Normally, I'm the one who asks first. You beat me, you beat me to it. I'm doing <laughs> great. <laughs> a little bit tired today, but uh, I'm having really good energy, especially uh, talking to you. I, it always drives me to have my interviews. So I appreciate that. And, you know, just based on what we're going through right now, I think it's totally fair to be tired. And <laughs> With an 8 p.m. curfew, 
I think maybe we're just like, our nights are ending much earlier than we're used to them ending. Oh my God. You know what I was saying? Everyone was like complaining about a curfew. And I was like, you know what? This is actually better than my childhood. I didn't have a curfew. I was just not allowed to go out. Oh, I was the, I was the opposite. I never had a curfew. I, this is the first time in my life I've ever, ever really had to be home at a certain time. Oh my time. God. I was just, I just, it was like, no, no curfew. You're just not leaving. That's like, <laughs> great mom. Thanks, mom and dad. That makes me ready for a real life. But anyways, <laughs> so um, so as I told our audience, you are um, a matchmaker. Um, and I wanted to know how you got on this path. First of all, being a dating expert and a matchmaker. I don't think a lot of people also hear like, oh, yeah, I'm a dating expert. I'm a matchmaker. So can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, well, it's definitely an interesting career path, an interesting job. When I'm out, when I'm out, or when I used to be out at parties or networking events or meeting new people, um, depending on how much of a talkative mood I was in, I would like, for example, if I tell somebody I'm a dating expert, matchmaker, or that I own a speed dating company, it invites so many questions. So I have to be ready to spill the beans and share all the dating news. Um, when I'm really not feeling like talking too much, I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'm in marketing. It doesn't invite, <laughs> it, it doesn't invite too many questions. So it's definitely an interesting, okay. an interesting job. Um, I guess the more glasses of wine you have, the more ready you're talking about. You're ready the more ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? If you had asked me, man, when I was in my early 20s, never, never, ever in a million years would I have thought I would be doing this and that I would have found a passion in this career and in the dating space. But the summary, the short story is I had a corporate job when I was in my early 20s. I used to work at Bombardier. I was in the, um, I was in the aerospace field and field of aviation. And there was this job posting on Craigslist for a speed dating event host. And That's I don't know. Interesting. And the speed yeah. dating event host. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about this job, but I was so drawn, so drawn in by the job description. It was part-time, you know, it was a couple times a week. You host these speed dating events in the evening, you know, welcoming singles, hosting the event, you know, making sure everybody's moving around properly. Everybody feels good, is taken care of. I wanted the job so badly that I must have applied multiple times again and again and again. <laughs> um, to the point that one time I actually called the company and I said, hey, I missed a call from you guys. And they were like, nope, <laughs> nobody called you, Kavita. So I was like, okay. Oh, so finally, um, I stopped bothering them. And then maybe a few months passed and lo and behold, my phone rings and it's them. And um, at that point they were hiring again. They interviewed me and I got this job as a speed dating host. Um, I kept this job for five years. I kept it through my corporate job. I kept it after leaving my corporate job. I started a business. Um, I had a tech startup. And I always kept this part-time job. No matter how busy I got, um, having a tech startup was a very crazy time, but I still held mm. on to this part-time job. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about, I, I don't know what it was about, but something just made me keep it and stay there. And I kept going, um, you know, 
maybe like yeah because that's what i'm thinking i'm like you're so busy but yet you still want to keep doing this i'm wondering what you're experiencing being in, the, in all I, that action for, yeah like and what's that. funny is that um, i'm not that type of person i'm not like the you know what i'm committed i'm i'm sticking it through like if i don't enjoy something if i'm not um seeing the value in something if i can't offer value gain value like i'm out so i'm not the you know have to finish the book because i started it type of girl um, but there was something, but I kept this job for five years. It was the longest job I'd ever had. And then the company that I was working for had a very successful exit. They actually got acquired by a very large um, uh, dating. They got bought out by Plenty of Fish, which, was, which is still around. Um, so they had a great, great right. exit, very successful um, company. But when Plenty of Fish bought them out, uh, all the events came to a halt. So I was no longer able to host these speed dating events in Montreal. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? I enjoy doing this so much. Uh, by the way, at this point, my tech startup was no more. Um, that had come to an end after two years. Uh, it didn't end up working out. And I said, I think I'm just going to start my own speed dating company. I know so much now about the space. There were so many things that I saw in those speed dating events that I would have done differently, that I would have, in my opinion, done better. Um, like what? Can you give us an example? Yes. So I thought it was kind of strange that it was a bit of a mixed bag of people at these events. There was really no matching process beforehand bringing these people together at an event. And I got really good at seeing people walk in and I would get, I would just kind of know who would be a great match for whom at the event. And that was just part of the enjoyment. I was, I would actually do a little bit of matchmaking at the speed dating events. Um, and I'd say, you know, you should talk to this person or what do you think of this person? Um, so one of the things that we did differently when I started Dashing Date is I put a screening process in place. So everybody has to, submit kind of a dating profile, but it's private. It's just for dashing the dashing date team to see. Um, and what I also thought was strange was how they weren't very strict about the age groups that would attend these events. So off, so there was an age range for each of these events, but they really didn't follow, you know, people didn't really have to follow being within that age range to attend. So I would see much younger women and much older men, much older women and much younger men. And it was right. disappointing for the clients that would come because they were like, you know what, I'm really wasting my time here. You know, it was advertised as yeah. this. Uh, that's not what I'm seeing here tonight. So I wanted to take all that, make those changes. And the last thing I'll say that I noticed was I, these were all in-person speed dating events and I was never particularly, particularly impressed with the types of venues that this company chose to host the events at you mean like in terms of the atmosphere like you didn't find it promoted like a like, can we say like a romantic like a connection kind of atmosphere yeah I think that the places could have been a little bit more upscale made you feel a little bit more special when you walk through the door um you know, so um, not being right in the middle of, you know, where other people are walking in and out. Um, so one of the things that we did with Dashing Date is we always chose these really, really wonderful locations, always with a private space that was exclusive just to our group. All of our clients were pre-screened and the pre-screening aspect lent itself into 
the age group. So we were no longer allowing people, you know, one or two years, maybe beyond the advertised age range. But because we were pre-screening everybody, we were actually making sure that you were the age that you said you were and, uh, and making sure that you were coming to an event that was well suited for you. So those were some of the things that I had noticed and some of the things that I implemented when I started Dashing Date myself. Um, so I did launch Dashing Date here in Montreal. That was back in um, late 2012. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're on this subject. I really want everybody to also know like about this because I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to put any spoilers and I'll let you talk about it, but my sister who did use the service told me back when, when she was, you know, starting to use Dashing Date and when she, now she met her partner, by the way, that she's been with for, I don't know, I guess they've been together for two years or something. I, I don't know. I, I've lost count. And I was all like, oh, cool. This is really interesting. So yeah, so you started in 2012. So tell me, what, it, what can you explain to us what it's about and how does it differentiate from other dating apps or dating services that we could hear about? Well, for eight years that the company was alive, we were completely different from dating apps because we were really doing everything in person. The whole premise of Dashing Date was to bring the human element back to the dating scene. So a lot of what we said was chemistry can't be felt through a screen. Um, give your phone the night off. Like that was a lot of our marketing and really the core belief of Dashing Date that of course apps are great, but at the end of the day, getting out and meeting people face-to-face -face not only will help you meet someone, but just has so many benefits in general um, because we are spending a lot of time behind the screen, hiding behind the screen, and swiping a right. lot, which I always say has really turned dating into this feeling of a catalog, right? And I, and I say that we're mm -hmm. not looking for a couch. We are looking for love. So it's not about specs and height and color. And, you know, that's not what it's about. Um, so in a nutshell, we do speed dating events, matchmaking. If I, if I can just interrupt you, actually, before you talk about the services, I really like what you just said, because... It was my reluctance. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I, I never dated after my, my separation. But one of the reasons why I never wanted to also go on a dating app was that exactly what you said. I felt like, you know, how do you kind of like, it's great because it has advantages. You get to meet people that you wouldn't be able to meet in a normal, you know, setting of every day. But I always felt like it, it does dehumanize the person because you're just um, judging like based on what you see first of course we always judge on on appearance it's like a normal human thing but a photo is one thing and someone's demeanor and the way they talk and they you know the energy that they give give off is something completely different and I just like I remember sometimes I would go like be sitting at a bus stop and I just see people on their phones like just swipe 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 not even reading profiles I'm like holy crap, like, I never want to go into that, you know? So, um, so definitely I, I really love how you said like it, it humanizes because I did find it like, I don't know, it's kind of not fair. I feel to, to the people who are getting swiped on or mm. not swiped on or the people who are swiping too. I mean, like you just, you just don't know. So you kind of lose right. that. So tell me what you were talking about the services. What is it that you offer them in order to bring that humanization into the process? So we do speed dating events um, and we do one-on-one -on -one matchmaking services. 
Um, but to your point, so I think it's a good time to inject here that in the past year, we did have to make the transition to virtual dating. And it was challenging because I had to say to myself, okay, well, the world is changing. We need to adapt. Mm -hmm. The biggest priority for me in that moment, which almost felt like overnight was I said, okay, the one thing that I need to make sure that doesn't happen is that my clients, the people who rely on Dashing Date, the people who come to Dashing Date, I don't want them to feel like, oh my God, this pandemic is going to really keep me from meeting someone. I already was you know, frustrated with the online dating space. I was already having trouble meeting someone. Now, you know, with the, with the restrictions and with the lockdown, I'm never going to meet someone. So it became my utmost priority to keep people dating and feeling connected. So I did have to make the switch to quote unquote online dating. And, but I had to ask myself, how do I make this transition? How do I make this switch? All the while staying true to what Dashing Date has been about from the beginning, which is. Yeah, because I can imagine that's super hard. Yeah, which is bringing the human element back to the dating scene. So I've always been a fan of video dates. I've always been encouraging, you know, I do coaching uh, with clients one-on-one as well. And I've always encouraged clients to, you know, get on FaceTime, get on a video call before you take your, you know, app date out onto dry land, because at least here you can get a sense of how somebody is. You can see their, you can feel their energy. You can get it. You can really see what they look like. You can see their hand gestures. You can hear the tone of their voice. Um, And that was something that people just were not getting on board with. So one positive that the pandemic has brought is that people have realized that, yes, we have this amazing tool at our disposal that I really don't think that we were taking advantage of fully, even nearly fully um, before. And we've seen it, you know, with work and, you know, we don't have to have meetings. We don't have to be sending our our, um, employees traveling across the nation to to, you know, do a meeting that can be done online. And that same thing applies so well to the dating space. The same video dating works really well. So, um, so we made the switch from virtual events, uh, sorry, from in-person events to virtual events. Uh, some of the things that we did to keep the human element alive is one, um, we still have event hosts at all of our events. So there's somebody there to greet you on camera to make you feel comfortable. Um, They're there to say goodbye to you at the end of the event. All of our events are still themed. Um, We still do themed icebreaker games. So really took everything that made our in-person event so special and digitized all those things as best we could and brought our events online. Um, That's really awesome. I really really like hearing this because like, I mean, so... Full disclosure, now saying it to the public, I very recently did get on the apps. Yes, everybody, I am on the market. <laughs> not trying to not trying to like market that, but just saying. And I find it's it's exhausting. Like it's a lot of work. I I I, I didn't realize it would be so much input, like to talk to all these people. And you're like, oh, I'm talking to somebody. I mean, I was completely new at this. And you think, oh, well, cool. We're having a discussion. Then all of a sudden they just kind of disappear. And you're like, huh, what's going on? You know, like it's it's super new to me. And, you know, it was a challenge to to meet people because of, you know, the obvious of the the COVID. And 
I found that the best way too, like, just like you said, was to just start by a video chat because, you know, just by that, you kind of already get a feel and you kind of understand, you know, like a little bit about the person, the demeanor, and you, you see kind of, okay, could you be compatible or not? And I think it's, it's even more awesome that you also have a, a host there in the, in the context of dashing date because you, you have somebody to kind of make people feel comfortable. And do you find, actually, I just thought of this question. Do you find that it actually makes people less nervous to do it by video than to do the actual speed dating in person? Like, do you think that it actually makes it a bit more relaxing because they're in their comfort of their own home and, you know, they can be wearing pajama pants while they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, the talk like I am right now with you. I'm fully, fully doing this in pajama pants. Well, you know? I do have, I do have some thoughts on wearing pajamas to any date, but I'll get into that. <laughs> in a, I'll get into that in a second. Even if somebody, okay. even if somebody can't see it, um, okay. There, there are pros and cons to virtual dating for sure. It, for us, it's been a huge win. Um, generally speaking, you know, we have our clients are busy professionals. So devoting an entire night to an in-person speed dating event where, you know, you finish work, then you're driving in traffic, you have to look for parking, then you're at the event, you know, by the time you get home, it's 11, 11 p.m. So definitely there's so many convenient um so many factors related to convenience that people are loving about the virtual events mm -hmm. um so that's a big one and absolutely I would agree that when you do get to be in the comfort of your own home in your favorite room in the house um there is that level of comfort that um really adds to the experience I'm also a big fan of making yourself very uncomfortable I always say that's where the magic happens. Uh, you know, we do need to lean into what makes us uncomfortable, which is why I have always been such a big promoter of, of in-person events. But I do see right. why this is such a favorable way to date. And yes, you at least still are jumping on video. There is still an uncomfortable component to it if it's not something that you're used to. For speed dating, for most, it is something new that people are trying. Um, but I will say that I don't suggest wearing pajamas on a video date. And here's why it's really not for the other person. <laughs> it's a good thing. We're not on, on a video date, yeah. but anyways, yes, go ahead. Um, I will definitely keep this in mind for the yeah. next one I have. <laughs> it's um, it's the other person can't see you. So obviously I understand why one would do it, but it's really for you. And I think it's so important to get into a date night kind of vibe and a date night mindset um, and to get excited about a date and to get into that romance, mm -hmm. like, you know, to feel the romance before you hop into a date. So for example, playing, you know, your favorite songs that get you pumped up or excited for a date, wearing the red mm -hmm. lipstick, if that's your thing. I had a girl the other day, she came speed dating and we were, everybody was chatting um, before the event started. And she was like, I got my high heels on. And it was, and she's like, I can't wait to do this. And it was, it was so nice to hear that because obviously nobody is seeing her high heels, but the energy that came across, she feels sexy and she feels ready to date. And that gets her into a date night mode when she's in heels. So I really loved hearing that. And I think it really adds a lot. Um, and it just adds a lot of spark and sparkle. Um, when you do get a little bit dressed up, obviously you're at home, be comfortable, but you know, there's a few things that you could do that I think can enhance your digital date experience if you, you know, do a couple things. 
You know what? That's really great. I really, I really love that. I love, first of all, if I can just backtrack a bit, I love how you said, like, it's always good to lean into the uncomfortable because that is where the magic happens. It's always when we kind of push ourselves to like a limit that, you know, we think we put our, for ourselves, but actually we can, once, once we push, you can kind of, I don't know, have more confidence even. So that's really great. And you're right. Yeah, definitely. You know, like uh, nobody could see the heels, but it does give off like it, you do have an energy that gives off with the video chatting you know whether it's, I, I even know something as plain as working you know when I have a video chat with a client and I'm tired like I know like I have to push myself so much harder and I know it comes off like I, I completely get it so yeah I think uh, that's a, a really good point I hope everybody is is taking notes because I'm sure that a lot of people are um, basically like listening to this with a lot of like interest of okay so this is how I'm gonna I'm gonna do it Great. Awesome. Um, well, thanks for, for that. Um, if I can just ask you though, like, I mean, not necessarily in the context of COVID, but in general, okay. What are the main difficulties that you normally observe when you encounter people who are looking for love and connection? What is it that what do you hear most often about what people say, where they cannot find that, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to use that word like butterflies. I hear that. And I just think sometimes like, well, I don't know if that's actually even real. So <laughs> what, what is it that, that people are, are coming to you with? Um, yeah. And at what stage also of their dating life, are they coming to a dating service like yours, as opposed to, you know, obviously before COVID times, trying to do it on a natural way, which I think is great too, uh, or they, going on an app like uh, Bumble or Plenty of Fish. What's, what's the difference there? Okay, so a uh, two-part question. I'll start with the first part. Um, I do believe in butterflies. I think that you should feel something special and it should feel good when you're dating someone. I also, you know, even in the very, very early stages, I also, I also know that, you know, chemistry can become a part of the equation if it's not there at the very beginning obviously it's so it's the most exciting when it's there, you know, right off the bat. Right. The problem is, is that people are not giving themselves singles are not giving themselves enough opportunities to feel those butterflies and to feel that spark because they are so closed minded about the criteria that they're looking for in somebody else. They're not willing to be open-minded and open up that criteria because they have these very specific, like we talked about before, specifications that they're looking for that they will not even bother to give someone a chance who doesn't fit into mm -hmm. this very small box of exactly what they think they need. And that's what like they're looking for Mr. or Miss Perfect. Like it has to be this, this is like they basically make a bionic man or woman that is exactly what I, I want. So you find there's a rigidity to that. A hundred percent. There's, and, and the older we get, the smaller and smaller and smaller this box, uh, this box becomes like it now it's like a hundred things, but it has to fit into this very small box. And really it should be a big box with a very small, small list. So I'm a big fan. And I always talk about ditch the dating checklist. Um, what I hope people can relate to right now is, you know, when we meet somebody by chance um, at the, at a coffee shop, at a friend's party, 
we're at work, wherever, when we meet someone and we feel chemistry and a spark and we're like, oh, you know, what is this? It, it, it catches us by surprise. We are so likely to forgive this, this person's flaws. Like we don't even see suddenly, and I know, you know, people are going to cringe when I say this, but suddenly the fact that this person smokes is not a big deal anymore. Suddenly the fact that they live at home with their mother is not a big, it's like, we're so forgiving when we are into someone. Yeah, I could, I, I understand. It's funny, I cringe when you said smoking because I was like, oh man, this that cigarette breath. I don't know no, if I and could ever, that's, you know, I just wanted to give an extreme scenario because you know what? Yeah. These, these things, they can not be part of the, like someone can quit smoking. Someone can move out. We don't really know the person's situation enough. So I'm not saying, yeah, like go out and date a smoker. I did want to give an extreme example, but on the flip side of that, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, three inches shorter than your ideal height. It doesn't matter if they're earning $10,000 less than the ideal salary that you think they should be earning, or if they have a bachelor's degree and not a master's degree, like be a little bit more open-minded. I mean, and I mean, when it comes to color, I wish I didn't have to talk about this anymore. At Dashing Date, we, on the matchmaking side, we do not work with any clients who tell us that they are not open to meeting all backgrounds, colors, and ethnicities. Wow. Hold on. Hold the, hold the phone. Wow. I, that is fantastic. I think that that, I don't know, like right now, like Kavita can see my face, <laughs> but you guys can't, but I think that that is just so great. And it's funny because when I was, uh, I mean, I'm not on many apps, but I'm on, I'm on a couple. And when I saw those criteria that you can choose, I was like, really? Like, I didn't even think like that I would check off this race or this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I props to you guys on, I love that. Like that is totally, I'm totally getting what you're saying. hundred percent. Thank you. You know, and it wasn't always the case. I, I always felt like I had to cater to my clients needs and it never felt natural to me. And it was, last year that we decided, you know what, we're not working with client. We're not going to stand by you as you state your cultural preferences. If that's your style, that is fine. You're just not, you're just not for dashing date. And we did kind of a, a flip in how we work with people. Like it's not about if we're a good fit for you, it's if you're a good fit for us. And if you're going to come work with us, we need you to be open-minded and willing to actually find love and love does not happen based on color and race and, you know, culture. So, um, you know, it's, it's been heartbreaking in the past for me to present somebody with a potential match who literally ticks off everything that they want, but they won't meet this person because of their height. They won't meet this person because of their skin color. Mm -hmm. I have, I have come in, I have encountered that time and time and time again. And finally, we just said, no, that's not the way we operate. Um, we want to work with people who genuinely want to meet someone. And that's not to say that if that those are your preferences, that you're not looking, that you're not serious about meeting someone, but you're limiting right. yourself so much. And it's just not the how, it's just not the way we operate anymore. I think um, it's great. I think it also, if, if, I, if I can interrupt you, I think that also um, takes away some insecurity too in the dating scene because like I, I remember there was one person I, I swiped on and uh, that 
I just realized that my family doesn't even know I'm on dating apps, but they don't, <laughs> they don't listen to my podcast. So unless my cousin does, but anyways, um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and I, you know, and the person hadn't written his height. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote to me and he said, like, it was literally one of the first things that he said was, by the way, I see that you're five, nine. I just want you to know I'm five, eight. So I guess you don't want to talk anymore. And I was, I felt so like, oh, it really kind of, it pinched me in my heart. I mean, I know everyone's a different type of person. And listen, I have my insecurities too. I don't like to be totally uh, taller than the guy I'm dating because of, you know, various reasons. Um, But it was like to dismiss somebody because they weren't in shorter than me. And I just felt so like, hurt for the guy too like I'm like how many times must have you been rejected because of that you know so anyway I just had to to put that in there no it's a very real it's a very real problem and that so there there's there's your answer um people are having trouble meeting someone today and that's the number one thing I see is that they are really not giving themselves a chance to actually meet someone because they're really not opening their eyes and seeing how many people are actually available and around um, before. And, you know, yet obviously not everybody is going to be a good match for you, but the things that you are judging people on or by and, and the criteria that you have for yourself, you're just missing out on so many opportunities. So that's, that's the number one thing. Um, the people who come my way are generally, I would say, generally speaking, I don't, I don't really want, I will give you our general age demographic, but before I do that, it's people who are really frustrated with the dating scene. Um, they are busy. They are finding it time consuming. They are not, you know, they're at a point where they're not really meeting people out of their circle anymore. Um, it's people who are starting to value their time a lot more. Their time has become more precious, which tends to happen as we get older. So, um, you know, the t- where we want to spend our time is with the our family, with the friends that we love, the relationships that we want to nurture, the relationship with ourselves, um, you know, taking care of our health, hobbies, interests. So once you've reached that point where these things become your priority and you can no longer longer spread yourself so thin because you're not 22 years old anymore. Um, that's, that, that's typically who we see come to us. And, and generally speaking, it, it is people who are a little bit more serious about meeting someone because, you know, our services, they do cost money to come to a speed dating event. You need to buy a speed dating ticket, our matchmaking services, you need to buy into a membership. So yeah, I think when you get to that point where you say, you know what, I'm ready to invest in myself and I'm ready to invest in my dating life, you are a little bit more serious about meeting someone. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when you're ready to invest in a trainer or a nutritionist, you're often really ready to take that part of your life to the next level, right? And unload some of the um, hassle of doing everything yourself onto somebody else, onto an expert, onto a platform. Um, So that's, what I would generally say, the type of person that we cater to. That typically tends to be women um, starting at about 28, I would say. 
And men, I would also say starting at about 28, but um, 28 is a little bit young for us with, with men because men that are 28 often want to meet women that are 22 to 28. And we don't really Mm -hmm. have that age group of women in our, in our database. So um, because the women that come to us do typically start around 28 as well. Um, So, so that's where we start, but then really, I would say our thirties demographic is really big. These are people who are really looking to meet someone, um, looking to potentially marry for the first time, looking to start a family for the first time, really looking for that, you know, partner, partner in crime to live life with, Mm -hmm. and they're ready to date and be serious about dating, be in a long-term relationship. The other demographic that we, that we work with are people in their forties. These are typically people who potentially are divorced. They are single parents and they are getting back into the dating scene after a long time. So they are never really online dated. um, And they, you know, they're looking for more guidance and online dating might really just not be the thing for them. So they're looking for a bit more of a curated, catered experience. Um, so they come to us for these speed dating events, for the one-on-one matchmaking. Um, because at the end of the day, speed dating events are very efficient. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. way to know, you know, meet eight, nine, 10 men or women in one night. The virtual mm-hmm. events are super fun. So you can you know, throw on a nice outfit, light some candles, put some music on, pour a glass of wine and take, you know, two, yeah. two hours to yourself in the evening to connect with new people. And especially, you know, that's, it's a great idea anyways, and efficient and a fantastic way to meet people anyways, but especially, especially with what's happening right now when there's so, we're right. so limited in terms of connecting with new people um, it can be a very right. rewarding experience, even if you don't meet somebody that sparks your interest that night. Yeah, because so that that was one of my questions too. Was that how did the pandemic? I mean, we talked a bit about the logistics of how it impacted the, uh, dashing date, but like, do you? And I was going to ask you, do you see a surge of of people who are joining? And I mean, I'm thinking. Um, I, I did hear because I was doing research for the episode that, that there are people who are on there who are really just looking for connection as well, like you were saying. Um, it's I think it's great as long as they're honest about it and not leading other people on. Like I think it's great, um, and it shows also how much we're creatures of habit and how much we you know we we do need kind of people in our in our lives. I also was wondering too, and this is a question that I'm I'm I've been thinking about is. I mean, it's no secret that it's been hard also for people who are couples who went into the pandemic. There has been a lot of strain on couples too. So do you see a lot of people who are newly separated who are joining the, the service as well? So what has been the biggest like impact or impacts for you from the, the, the pandemic? Um, I would not say that I have seen, I don't think that if you're getting separated in a pandemic that your first thought is to jump onto a virtual speed dating event. So I don't, just based, going based purely on memory, I don't think I've seen too much of that. But um, I've definitely seen a surge of interest in the online dating space, even though we're not traditionally, we're we're not traditional online dating by any means. Um, People who kind of snub their snub their nose or what you know put their nose up at online dating before have kind of had to 
get on board because there are really no other viable options right now. You could take a dating break and I'm all for that and that's fine. Um, but I don't think any of us expected, you know, COVID to last as long as it is right now. So like we've all had to, we're all adapting and making changes to our habits and it may not be your first choice for to date online, but for those who never thought that they would do it, definitely are doing it more and more. And as a society, we've all just had to get on board with video conferencing calls and video chats more. So that's kind of been nice because we just all had to do it. So there was really no time for it to be weird or awkward or strange. We kind of just went through that process together, talked about it openly together, how weird and awkward and funny it is, but there was really no time to, to debate if it's an option for you. We just had to do it. Um, so absolutely, there's been a lot of interest that's for sure. And another thing that's been nice, honestly, is that there has been less of this swiping without any kind of care in the world on people. It seems to me that we are giving people a little bit more of a chance, um, perhaps not on the first swipe, but once you connect with someone and mm-hmm. you actually go on a video date with them or have a phone call with them, I've noticed that singles right now are less likely to just say, nope, next, because forming that connection all over again is much harder right now because we cannot just go out, meet for a drink at a bar and then, you know, Mm. see who's next in line. So we're giving people a little bit more of a chance. I find um, something that I've always promoted is that when you feel on the fence after a first date, as long as it's it's not a hard no, give the person a second chance because we will always see another side of someone after we get past that first date. We don't know how nervous they may have been. Um, you know, what kind of day they may have had. We're going through a very difficult period right now. So we don't know what any of us, any of each other are really going through on the other side of the screen. So give that person a second chance. And I'm seeing people being a little bit more generous with their time um, because they're realizing that that initial time they're investing counts for something and they don't want to keep starting back at square one. So I would say that's a big positive I've seen since the pandemic hit. That's really cool. Um, It's, it's also, you know, and it could also go vice versa, by the way, you meet somebody and you think they're this like, wow. And then the second date kind of like, okay, maybe not for me, but I was actually, when you were talking, so when you were talking about how um, what limits people in the dating scene and how every, because of these strict, rigid, like, you know, um, characteristics that they want and, and stuff like that. Um, I was wondering, you know, but could it be like the first thought that came to my mind was, well, you know, it shows how we are our own worst enemy sometimes. Right. But I was wondering, could it be that now because of what's happening, are people a bit more lenient? Are people a bit more, you know, because I, I feel like, I don't know, um, and I've said this several times in, in past podcasts, and I talked a lot about it in the last one that I released, um, episode eight with Bram Levinson, you know, when we opened the new year, and I was talking about how I was hoping that this whole situation kind of got people a bit more to the source, like we're more human to each other, more kind to each other. And when I was hearing you talk about that rigidity, I was wondering, you know, could it be that people are just going to be a bit more like, well, you know, maybe I should kind of bend the rules, my my rules, like a little bit, uh, in order to to have that connection that I'm I'm seeking. 
I, I, I think we are seeing that. And, you know, you mentioned that, I think you mentioned that you're doing, you're on Bumble and Bumble has been promoting, um, I'm a big fan of Bumble and they've been promoting this, this concept of slow dating since the pandemic hit, because we are, we have no choice without being able to meet in person. We have no choice. There's, you know, less of, uh, there's less hookup culture right now. So we really have no choice, but to kind of get to know somebody, you know, on video through text, um, because we can't just quickly meet and, and dismiss as quickly as before. So that has been nice because we have no choice. We got to get to know each other finally. And yeah, I love that. And I, I really love that. I mean, I've taken a few walks in the cold, not that pleasant, <laughs> you know, um, but I do feel like that is a, a plus. And I feel like sometimes, um, you know, I, I know I'm new to this, but I have very strong values about these things. And I know that we're talking through a computer, but I, everybody is a human being, you know, so I, I'm still going to show them the respect of telling them, you know, I'm just not interested. So, you know, it's cool. Or to kind of just be more like, hey, who is this person? And understand too that, like you said, we are all going through very different, weird times right now. And our moods and our behaviors are not going to be super great. I know sometimes I've had some video calls and I'm just depleted, like emotionally, physically. Like I I, I don't want to, but it's like, I, I don't want to make the person feel like the call isn't important to me. It's just that I, I'm just, I don't have it in me, you know, to, to talk to somebody right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, I, I, I don't know if anyone, I wonder if I'm the only one who says this, or I'm sure some other person has thought of it, but maybe not. Um, I always call it the microwave effect. I always feel like there's this instant gratification culture that has, you know, been arising in the last generations. And I always felt that's one of the reasons why too I never did the online dating because I just felt like it was just everyone just wants results right away wants something right away and it just doesn't work that way you know like we kind of need to give ourselves and other people a, a chance as well you know some people have told me I'm too I give too many chances and too many like I mean look I wear my heart on my sleeve is just who I am so I'm not going to apologize for that either but um, I do think that it's really important and quite seriously I'm quite happy to hear that it has had that that impact and I think that is great for a platform like dashing data as well I did want to mention we didn't talk about this but and not necessarily in the context of COVID but kind of yes so I mean we're not going to be uh hypocrites about it like obviously there's this curfew and stuff like that which makes the dating tricky if you have somebody over well you know you kind of have to decide okay well you know Am I, do I, am I comfortable enough with this person to have them stay over or something like that? And, and, you know, a lot of men don't realize this, but it's quite difficult for women because we don't, there can be a lot of times that we could be in quite vulnerable or even dangerous and unpleasant to say the least situations with something uh, like that. And I always kind of was thinking, wow, like for all these people who go and stay at someone's house or, I mean, obviously, like you can break the, the rule if you feel like threatened and stuff like that. But it is it is quite hard for a woman to feel comfortable already just meeting somebody in a bar. Right. Um, I feel like the Dashing Dates platform makes that 
safer for women as well. Like they, they can feel a bit more secure about, um, about seeing someone, especially with the screening process that you have. The screening process for sure. Um, you know, if, if there's any red flags that come up, that person would not be, you know, allowed to use our services at the same time, you know, we're not doing background checks. If somebody really chose to completely mislead us and put up fake photos and a completely fake profile, there really wouldn't be anything that we could do. Fortunately, in eight, nine years, I have yet to come across that. I find our screening process, just having a screening process in place um, is acts like a filter. Somebody who is not well-suited for our services won't even bother going through the steps to fill out this profile because you know they just want in and out and to see what's up. I, I mean, the one piece of advice I will give is I think that if you really have to be so nervous as to question yourself if, if you know you should let a guy sleep over I think the automatic answer is no I think that if you're gonna let somebody stay over after sorry so I think if you're gonna let somebody stay over at your house you know 8 p.m onwards it should be it should be the easiest decision you make it should be a carefree, fun, enjoyable decision. So definitely make sure that you have taken the time and invested the time to really get to know someone where there isn't even a thought in your mind that this is a bad, this could possibly be a bad idea. There should right, be- Of course, for sure, 100% agree yeah, with you. There should be no no pressure. There, If you feel pressure, that's a red flag. Absolutely. <laughs> if yeah. you feel inner pressure, that's a red flag. So it should, like I said, it should be, the easiest decision you make is to have someone spend, spend the night. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I mean, I know I might be going a bit off topic here. I find it's, it's absolutely makes sense. Everything that you say, I, I do find that a lot of women have trouble putting those boundaries though, when they are in the, those situations. So message to like all the men and women out there, you know, is that you know it can be tricky so please be empathetic and compassionate to And that's to why each I other. say that though if it's not an easy decision the the, the short answer should be that it's not it's not the right no. it's not the right choice so ask yourself that um, and make it make it really simple if it's not a hell yes it's an automatic no and run with that and make that your baseline if you find yourself questioning you just have to go with a no we're all dealing with the curfew right now we all can't see our family past eight or see a friend past eight what whatever it is so it's not like you're the only one in this having to make this very difficult decision I know it can be frustrating and challenging but it's been one month here in Montreal it's not going to be forever um so if it takes a little bit of time you know plan your dates a little bit earlier if that's you know if you've decided that 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 it makes sense for you to meet someone um, and you live alone, et cetera. And you're, you know, following all the rules. I'm not, I'm not breaking the rules or promoting anything. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Everything is COVID safe here. You know, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So we're not, you know, whatever is by the, by the rules and, and makes sense uh, for yeah. you specifically, but, you know, plan things a little bit earlier and try to see the joy in, you know, day dates and, video calls and slow dating and getting a little bit creative with your video dates. And I say, you know, you can have the Uber driver, you know, make two stops or, you know, you cook pasta, he makes pizza, like, you know, get creative with cooking together 
on camera. You can do Airbnb experiences and attend a magic show, a concert, a cooking class, a language class, ballet, workouts. Like you can really get creative during this time. Hang out till 8 p.m. Go for, you know, go skiing, do what you're allowed to do. Go, um, you know, grab a, you know what? Go for a drive and sit in a parking lot at six, six, um, six feet apart and have uh, a coffee. I know. So that could be so fun. I used to like, I mean, I don't know. My family, we just go on car rides and just like chill in the car. I don't know. It was like a, just like a fun thing. I mean, totally. You can get to know each other like that. Open the window, crack the window a bit. Make sure that you're wearing, wearing your masks. One sits in the back, one sits in That's the front. That's it. I mean, it's totally right. Everything that you're saying it is totally, that is totally um, valid. And I love these creative suggestions yeah. that you're, you're giving as well. I mean, it's not an end all be all, you know, that just because you can't meet in a bar, you can't if, do anything, if you, if right? If it's both of your priorities to get to know each other, you're going to get creative about it. You're going to have fun with it. You're not going to let, you know, this dark COVID cloud rain on your parade or really uh, stand in the way of getting to know each other. There are absolutely ways you know I feel bad I have clients that will say and this whole time have said um no you know let me know when in-person dating is back this is not for me what's the point of meeting someone um what's the point of coming to a virtual event when I'm not even going to be able to get to know the person after and really okay and I just think that that it's a small percentage of people that I've seen feel that way but you know I I think it's just such a missed opportunity we have had so many relationships blossom that started at our events that started at our matchmaking services, you know, and couples who started 2021 hand in hand, which has been amazing. And, you know, they were open-minded about it. They took a leap of faith. They adapted to, you know, the ever-changing world of dating and it worked. Um, So I, I, I just, I don't agree that what I say is the pandemic can't stop love from happening. And if it's your priority oh. to meet someone. <laughs> love that. And it's, and it's true. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it day in and day out uh, because I'm just so involved in the dating industry. Oh, I, I love that. That just like made my heart <laughs> sing. I love that. Thank you, Kavita. I love that one. Um, so then what piece of advice do you have to give for people who are doing Valentine's this year? I mean, I said it in the episode earlier, I do believe Valentine's Day should be every day. We should show people that we love each other, like, you know, all the time, whether it's a romantic love or, I mean, like my, my mom has been widowed for 21 years now. I send her flowers every Valentine's. I mean, there's other, there's so many ways of showing love, you know, but like, obviously this year, it's a bit different a bit I'm quoting like I'm air quoting people nobody could see me um so what advice do you have to to give to people for for Valentine's Day this year one of my favorite things about Valentine's Day and I see this every year be it you know what's coming up this this Valentine's Day um and and prior is that what's really fun is that people tend to just be more open-minded about trying different ways of meeting people because it's Valentine's day. So somebody who would never have speed dated before or thought that speed dating is not something that would have ever been something that they would try to do. They'll do it because it's Valentine's day. And what I love about that is that there's so much 
loving energy in the air on this one day across the globe between friends, between family. Like you said, you send your mom flowers, you know, there's Galentine's day. Like there's so much love in the air. Oh, Galentine's day. Yeah. There's so much love in the air and, you know, call me cheesy, write me off if you want. But I believe that when there is energy like that, magical things can happen. And all you really have to do is believe in it. So even at our speed dating events, you know, we have a ton of events um, coming up this weekend and everybody's just a little bit more hopeful, a little bit more excited. And I think bringing that energy to the table, um, knowing that it's Valentine's day, knowing that you're spending Valentine's day with each other. These are strangers meeting for the first time. I think there's really something special about that. But what I will say is that like my hope for people this Valentine's day truly is not to find love. I think that that just comes with so much pressure that it can really take away from whatever your plans are from enjoying those plans. My personal goal for anybody single and celebrating Valentine's day and putting themselves out there is to really just find joy in whatever it is that you're doing. Go in, not with the intention to meet someone, but with the intention to make your day, with the intention to make someone else's day. Take the pressure off yourself by saying, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to make somebody else's day today. I'm going to share compliments like they're going out of style. Find joy in this day and, you know, embrace the energy and don't take it all too seriously. That That's a really, really wonderful uh, words of advice. And I'll even go to say, even those people who don't have somebody to share Valentine's Day with or have a date, it's you know, let's try and maybe even focus on the self-love, you know, making yourself happy that day, because at the end of the day, you know, with everything that's been going on, I hope people could see that more and more, it's really our souls and our hearts that we need to take care of the most. And we have a lot of things that we could just find from within us to make us happy. Obviously, it's not super easy with the, the circumstances, but it's to give ourselves that that love, you know. Um, so even you know, if you don't have a partner, or if you don't have a date, or if you don't have a love interest, give yourself that love this Sunday, you know. Um, and I mean, like, it's just really, really nice to hear you say all of these things because I I, I read um, in uh, your your bio, you know, you had said that um, one of like your reasons to for your success in this area is and and i'm quoting you can be attributed to my understanding caring and non-judgmental approach and my genuine desire to help people be confident enjoy dating and reach their potential in relationships and i've met you before i met you at my sister's birthday we had a little chat but talking to you like this today i really see the genuinity in what you wrote, it really shows through what you're saying. So I thank you very, very much for these wonderful insights for thank this. Thank you. That's really sweet. Day. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that it's really appreciated amongst people who need the support during these times. So thanks so much, Kavita. It is my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for, you know, providing a platform for people to share and spread, you know, love and good news and support um and this has been really nice yeah it was super fun so everybody dashing date you know if you want to try it you can find where can we find your platform anywhere uh so dashingdate.com is Mm -hmm. where you'll find you know all upcoming events um matchmaking service information i do one-on-one 
coaching for people who are, you know, feeling stuck or struggling, um, be it with online dating or, you know, just in dealing with some inner stuff or past relationships. I do um, one-on-one coaching for that. And, you know, we're pretty active on Instagram. So at Dashing Date. And if anybody wants to connect with me personally, I'm at Miss Kavita on Instagram. Awesome. And we'll be putting those resources in the episode description for the podcast as well. Awesome. So thank you so much, Kavita. It was great. Thank you. This was lovely. Um, Happy early Valentine's Day. Happy. And guess you're going to be with your beau. You know what? Valentine's Day is a work day for me every year. year Oh, yes. So um, yeah, I literally equate Valentine's Day to work. (laughs) Well, it's fine. It's a good, it's a good reason to be, to be working then. Yeah. But we, we do celebrate either usually, usually after, um, after, yeah. At some, at some point there will be some Valentine's day celebration. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And I wish you all the best. Stay safe and we'll speak soon. That sounds good. Bye. Well, that's it for our Valentine's episode. I loved this interview with Kavita. It was such a nice point of view to have. And I love the messages that she had. So hopeful and so positive, which I think is super important in this time of year. And you know what? I really, really, really hope for all of you to find love and not just romantic love. I just want all of you to just have love all around you as much as possible and you know what for all those who are lovers and who all those who do want you know to spend some time with somebody special or get to know somebody on Sunday there are many creative ways as we could see but as I always say the number one love self-love I hope you guys all find more and more of that within yourselves and that just makes everything better so with Without uh, any more delays, I will let you guys go about your day. Think about your plans for Valentine's tomorrow as this is being aired on February 13th. And I wish you all a very, very lovely Valentine's weekend. Until next time, much love to you guys. Bachi, bye. Thank you.